Well, it was never going to be easy. There was always going to be bumps in the road. And for Albion, that bump came against one of the big boys at Burnley. Now, the distraction of the FA Cup is back. We're going back to Bristol again. We'll be covering all that and much more on this week's Baggies broadcast. Welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast with me, Johnny Drury, and ES's Baggies main man, Lewis Cox. Lewis, no midweek games this week. Easy street. I'm sure you're relaxed. I'm sure you're relaxed. One game a week at the moment. This is uh, making things a little bit easier. Relaxed. How are um, you? Yeah, fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Face to face pod. Face to face pod. Very rare. We're Pref- in the prefer- ENS Towers. Pref- not, not quite as good as 2 a.m. Telford services. Or because hotel no- room in Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. No Tango Ice Blast. Over theory, a cup which of tea. Is, the, is the main. Uh, no, no straw sound um, interference or no. dodgy. 2am service station music yeah man. that eerie music um, <laughs> but yeah nice to see you we've been we've been in meetings today haven't we so it brings us face to face it's usually only at the football but um, yeah quieter without midweeks but um, no less workload really just just a few less miles certainly a few less miles well we've got an awful lot to cover as I say every single week we'll look back at Burnley we'll have a little glance at the transfer window although it's been pretty quiet at the moment, um, as the transfer window is drawing to a close, only about a week or so um, left of that. We'll be bringing you some clips from the big Ron Gawley interview. Lewis, the other written journalist and BBC WM, sat down with the Albion chief executive last week to grill him on all things Albion. So we'll be bringing you a few little clips. You've probably heard little bits and bobs, but we'll be bringing you some extended clips from that interview. We'll be discussing the reaction to that and some of the points that we made. And we'll look ahead to the FA Cup this weekend. But we're going to start, as we always do, with Alternative Albion. I need to get a little bit of a jingle for this new section, don't I? I have to get someone to put, put one together. If there's any Albion fans out there who want us to put a little Alternative Albion jingle together, I'm sure there will be. Do uh, do get in touch. But I've, I was trying to come up with something as we were stood in a meeting today at ENS Towers, um, and I did think of something. Surely now, that's not the way of you saying you, you weren't paying attention. I, well, I was multitasking. 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 Right. I was listening to what was going on. And, and I had my album Just wanted to on. clear that up. Just want to clear that up in case there's any bosses here. Ian <laughs> listening to the baggage broadcast. Um, and my thought was I was going to look at what was controversial at Turf Moor on, on Friday. And for the Burnley fans, it was certainly the penalty decisions or lack of. Now, briefly looking over the penalty decisions, we had one early in the game for a potential trip, not a penalty. Uh, one after that, which was for a push, which, to be honest, if it was in the Albion mm. box, I'd have been screaming for a penalty. Yeah. Um, there was the um, Nathan Teller one, which I got battered from Albion fans for on Twitter, although I didn't say it was a penalty. I'm just saying he went and looked for contact, but that's for that's an argument for another day. Um, and that wasn't a penalty. Anyway, in the second half, we then had the decision which led to um, Jed Wallace was penalised on the edge of the box, led to Scott Twine ripping one in the top corner. I'm still um, not convinced by that one, by the way. Well, that's the part of the alternative Albion today. I think that decision was given to make up for the fact that the referee did not give a penalty in the first half. And how many times do we see refs get it wrong and think, right, I've got to even up the scores now. Two wrongs don't and make a right, Two do wrongs they? do not make a right. As your mother would say. Yeah, yeah, as, a, as wise people would say. But yeah, that's my... That's my like Room 101 alternative Albion rant this week. Is that oh. how many times we see it on football grounds? You know, we saw it on Friday when I first looked at the at the trip on the edge of the box. I thought oh, there was a bit of contact, but the more you look at it, he's kicked kick the, the floor. floor. Yeah, yeah. He's kicked the floor, and and the referee, 
maybe you give it in. You know, he thought it was a, a free kick, but it's hard it was one of them. Time. Hard, hard to see in real time, but it's one of them that smacks you of sort of even. How many times we see it evening things up? Yeah, it's like yeah. if you've got it wrong, don't try and don't try and even it up. And that cost Albion, didn't it, on Friday? Um, unfortunately. Well, I was actually listening through Jed Wallace's um, post-match interview, and um, he, he touched on the foul and like I you know, mentioned it in the context of a little mistake, so sort of suggesting he had fouled the man. You know, there was no. Like um, no, you know, there wasn't any contact or anything like that. So perhaps, perhaps Jed Wallace did clip him, and we couldn't really make it yeah, out on camera. Maybe. Um, but I take your point. I thought Jared Gillett, the, um, the Premier League ref, who's interestingly an Australian, um, first Aussie ref over here professionally. I think sorry, come up for the divisions actually. Um, he, he was he was very good until that point. I thought brave. The atmosphere was quite tasty. Yeah, he didn't it? give in to a lot, As, did he? As each decision went against the host, yeah. went correct, correctly went against the host. All right, you're right about that push. That could, you've seen them given, haven't you? But they were more and more wild, obviously. They think, you know, the world and the officials against them. Everything's going for Albion. You know, they're, they're side of behind for large parts. But he, he stayed strong, didn't he? And that, as you mentioned, you got a, a bit of a hammering for it. That that one you're on about there, which was, um, who went down? Trying to Teller. Teller, yeah. Mm. Um, live and we were it was it was near to the Albion fans weren't it? near near to the away end. live and it obviously looked people penalty, watching on, te- yeah. on telly live it looked really ominous from where we were by the way almost the opposite corner of the ground a long way away um, and then luckily obviously being on TV at Turf Moor we had um, the benefit of replays and such and it was obviously very clear from the first replay massive dive let's be fair um, should have been booked but obviously the referee needs to see it. To, to give a simulation booking and he hasn't got replays has he there's no VAR he's just mm. got to see it in that split second and in that split second alright granted he was very close you know in a good position but what a call that was like but the, the, the overall point about mm. um, evening themselves out of any game yeah it's it takes someone very sort of headstrong to keep giving the right calls mm. against the home side or, or not balancing that out doesn't it and um, yeah just that one going against Albin at the end and would have been slightly more enthused on this dreary Tuesday morning if Albion would have taken a point back from Lancashire, I think. Yeah, we certainly would have done. Just looking on the wider Burnley um, reaction, obviously we brought our video on Friday, so we'll just touch on a couple of other points. Um, Lewis, now Jed Wallace, we quickly realised that Turf Moor on Friday was playing sort of down the middle, but behind D, almost off DK as like a 10, which is something, um, I think earlier in the season he played central. He's played... I think he played little, front as well yeah, at one point. Um, what can Albion afford to do that? Because from my point of view, what he brought in the middle kind of lacked on the flank. Yeah, it just, I mean, it was one of them, wasn't it? You can see why Corbrand's tried it, and he, and he could certainly perform in there. But what did you make of that that call? No one has any doubt that I think Wallace needs to play on the right, and is clearly at his best there. That's his position. He is. Yeah, just your yeah, archetypal right winger, isn't he? Um, not not your old school sort of Beckham esque whip it in, but he is your head down runner, run at the fullback, isn't he? And he's done it brilliant all season. But on that whip it in, he's got that, hasn't he? He's crossing, um, he's great, and he does so many of them in a game. I know not all of them come off, but not all of them are going to come off. But I don't, I can't recall seeing too many better crossers of the football live. Unbelievable skill and ability. And you're right when he plays centrally. Not going to have that same effect, no. is it? It's 
it's very difficult to put in that type of delivery from centrally from deep um, so yeah they did playing him there they just miss out on that sort of weapon don't they um, and it was interesting it was to accommodate obviously Grady D and Garner right wasn't it and Swift started left if my memory um, yeah. is serving correctly on that one that's certainly how the, the game started obviously Grady D and Garner was a big talking point wasn't he going into it and I'm sure we might get on to him later but you know, having to fill in from Matt Phillips it was, a, it was a big time to stand up but I don't think Dean Garner had the best night and possibly not in the best form but it was a big ask of Burnley wasn't it they were top side and to, to go and take that kind of game by the scruff of the neck is hard for him on the Wallace point I'd get him out on the right every time personally um, Swift sort of was moved out to the left but floated because he's that sort of player mm. isn't he he's, he's very much a central player so it was a new look perhaps it was to accommodate that Dean Garner on, on the right right it must have been you can only assume um, don't think it particularly worked um, to the point where sorry to the point where you'd want to or you think we'd see it again next time mm. I think I think Wallace is Alvin's best attacking player and I'd, I'd get him in his best position personally um, like a mixture of Dean Garner Grant Adam Reach whoever is going to have to fill in on the left for Phillips for the foreseeable as we know and, um, and Swift's done a decent job of late I think in the 10 I would say and obviously Rogic it is an option there as well among among one or two others so yeah I'd, I'd get him back on the flank I think yeah I, I tend to sort of agree with you um, it's like you read what I sent you this morning Coxie because Grady Dingana is our next point to to cover now great minds now earlier in this season Grady Dingana we were starting to sort of see that he was getting back maybe not close but he was moving towards the Grady of old the Grady under Billich now that seems to have sort of gone away a little bit now and this is a big question really but you know he was bright for the first 10 minutes on Friday but after that he sort of really sort of disappeared and fell out of the game Lewis it's, you see these players don't you in football where it might not go as expected at a certain club and it doesn't make them a bad player in fact they're still very good footballers but they need an injection of something else another club or something along them like the longer it goes on, the harder I see sort of we, Albion seeing that Dean Garner who was, you know, tearing defences apart in that nineteen twenty yeah. season and and just really ripping everything up and you know seeing the Grady that Albion paid, I think it was eighteen million mm. pound for. Well, is it, is it, could he could he potentially be one of the players who just needs a fresh impetus? Is that well speaking on from having covered this season? He started the season well, didn't he? Granted, it was a bad start overall and I don't think there were many bright performers. Oh, a couple of decent early performances, wasn't there? You know, when Albion were drawing games, unlucky not to win some games. But Dean Garner was the standout, wasn't he? He was electric, I thought. And obviously, I I saw what he did in that loan spell that made Albion spend the money. Not, not live every game, but seeing, you know, from afar highlights and things like that. I know how good he was. And, and there was excitement, wasn't there, I think, at the start of this season that he was beginning to get back towards, not not at that level, but beginning to, to get there. And that was credit to Steve Bruce, wasn't he? He, he did some good work with regards to Dean Garner. And probably, what, half a dozen, six, eight games, he was among Alvin's best, better, player, um, better players. I think probably the best attacking outlet at the start of the season. But it, 
It's just tailed, hasn't it? Interestingly, it's just tailed. It started to tail when heads went down under Bruce um, and they weren't quite getting the, the outlet from him and, and then he was sort of rotated in and out of the side a bit, wasn't he? Um, and it's just, it's, it's really not happened for him yet under Carlos Corbran, has it? Well, I think it was noticed quite early that he wasn't being picked as a starter when, when mm. Corbran came through the door. Um, and, and that sort of raised a few eyebrows, but then should it have, because he, you know, he wasn't, and he's not alone in this. We're just talking about Dean Garner as an example. He wasn't pulling up trees prior to the head coach's arrival in the, you know, just before. So it's an interesting case. Um, but we're now at a point where the left winger who has played almost every game under Corcoran and, and done very well in Phillips is, is, is out for what? Up to three months. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's no excuse really now is that he's, he's not saying he's going to start every game because I think we could see Carlin Grant quite easily used out there. Um, maybe a world where Reach plays, but Dean Garner is the one now surely that has to, and again, we said before Burnley has to come to the fore, but not all games are as hard as Burnley away. There were games, you know, starting this weekend at Bristol City, a game that really Alvin should win. And I'm sure looking at the immediate fixtures, there'll be more of them. So to say, I'm sure they will win then as well. <laughs> got home games to come in the league where Albin will be attacking yeah. and have more of the ball. And it, it should suit him, Touchwood. And perhaps perhaps now he has to be that man with a bit of responsibility on him without Phillips. I know it didn't happen at Burnley, I get that. But I do think it's a hard game, isn't it? Burnley will be in at home and 18 points clear a third for a reason. They're, they're that good this this season and that far ahead of the rest of the division who aren't up to that level. Um, I think there will be other games where it could suit him and he, need, he needs to take advantage of not being that man that's there to create or beat a defender or spark something. Um, doesn't all have to be him. You know, there's still Wallace, Swift, Thomas Asante is back, DK, others. Um, but it does feel, doesn't it, that this is, if, if ever the time to to spark and kickstart and reinvigorate his Albion career, it, it needs to be now, I think. If he doesn't deliver in this period when Phillips is out, you know, you, you definitely wonder for the long term, I would say. Yeah, it's um, something we all want to see. On another name you mentioned there, just final, Burnley, we didn't see Carl and Grant until very late in the day at Turf Moor. Now, uh, I think it was prior to the game at, at Turf Moor on... On Friday, we heard a few sort of rumblings and, and, and mentions on social media, a couple of stories that Carl and Grant was linked with a loan move to Stoke or Stoke were ready in a loan bid for Carl and Grant. I suppose he's another one. You know, I know he's been injured. Um, I think he played briefly for, for Corbran at Huddersfield or he might have just crossed paths with yeah, Corbran at Huddersfield. A couple of weeks, yeah. Um, is he another one that, you know... Yeah. It's hard with Grant because in the Premier League, obviously, it didn't go as everyone wanted it to go. And I think he only scored maybe one or two goals in the Premier League. But now, you know, he scored 18 goals last season. You know, his goal record is good for Albion. But I think Albion players see him as that on the fringes player at the moment. In terms of the Stoke loan bid, do we know anything about that? In terms of how do you see his involvement moving, you know, forward? Then, then forward options are not massive, but we didn't see him until very late in the day the, on, yeah, on, no. on Friday when we only had really had DK as the the only striker in the squad. No, but I'm not convinced how ready he was to you know making a return to to fitness. Um, and also, 
I'm not convinced Corbyn would have seen him as the change, the first change. Obviously, the first change was Rogic in the end and it didn't quite pay off, did it? But, you know, if, if I was in charge, I'm bringing on a... Because of the context of the game, a Gardner-Hickman or a Reach, possibly, yeah. before before Grant. Obviously, Grant then arrived when Burnley had scored. But, um, look, again, I think, I think, especially now with the Phillips blow, yeah, I mean, this is sort of speculating out loud to the listeners and to yourself. I struggle to see a world where Albin can quite afford not being maybe the, the right word, but um, yeah, you know, can cope with letting him go out. Assuming no light for light attackers who can play on the left come in, you know, if you if you let um, Grant out for the rest of the season, sorry, and yeah, it would free up a bit of wage, granted, but <laughs> pardon the pun, um, <laughs> but what, can they afford to? In terms of squad size, no Phillips, only Dean Garner, and you know he's not at his, not at his best. Can he physically manage a run of games? And then and then no Grants. I mean, again, ditto Dean Garner's answer. Grant could profit from the Phillips situation, and um, we've seen him score at Chesterfield, wasn't it? And um, did he score? Who scored? Who scored the opener at Bristol City? I can picture the goal, but Phillips, yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, Phillips, yeah, and, and that was, a, you know, part of Phillips's great form, wasn't it? And a great goal that was. Um, I I can't see now Phillips having a long-term layoff, how Albion can, can even loan him out for the second half season. I just think he's going to be needed in the squad and needed to step up from the bench, needed to start when it's Saturday, Tuesday, and you need to rotate. And, look, you touched on it there. I realise this might be not a universally popular statement, but he does know how to find the net. Um, and, and it might be useful from the bench later on, might it? it? You know, it didn't happen on Friday, but he only played the last two minutes. I think Corbyn always speaks well of him, um, unprompted at times. I think I think there's something there in terms of their, their relationship. I, look, I, I also realise he might he might be talking him up. To, but I, I, with the squad numbers yeah. now, I don't see it with Phillips injured. That they do you think he's the type out. of sort of player? You know, we we hear about this. You know, me and you listen to thousands of football podcasts between us, and you hear about, you know, you've got managers who haven't got good man management skills, and managers who have, and we're led to believe that Corbrand's got very good man management skills, and Steve Bruce prior to him, to an extent, had good man management skills that brought the best out of Grady earlier in the season. You know, he spoke openly about it, didn't he, Bruce? About how it was sort. Of, arm around the shoulder, like yeah. injecting him with confidence. You know, we know that Grant can do it at this level. Is that maybe, you know, core brand? Maybe, is that what Grant is? It's one of them things, isn't it? You know, a bit of a, you know, an ego boost well, or... it happened with Bartley, didn't it? Yeah. With core brand. Core yeah, talked it's to happened, Carl yeah. Bartley. Um, don't realise Carl Bartley's had spells at Albion where he's peaked under different managers and then might have tailed off. But yeah, perhaps it is a lot of that and, and Corbyn knows what he's doing um, talking him up just giving him a boost Look, he's been on the fringes hasn't he he's had knocks been unable to regularly get in the 18 be available um, but now he is fit his availability is needed in my opinion um, Look, some supporters might disagree and if, if there was a world where they could move him out and they knew that a longer term prospect who could be more of a regular would come in and maybe mm. ideal, but we're in a world where Phillips was first choice before injury. Then there's still Dean Garner. So, you know, when when does another first choice left left winger sort of fit in? 
Um, I think Grant's with a Phillips injury now. I think Grant's gonna gonna be needed and, and yeah. have to deliver. And I, I do think it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see him pop up with important contributions. You know, in 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 the near future and before the end of the season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully, those two can can step up and we can see that the best of them again. Right. A week ago today, Lewis sat down alongside the other written journalist and BBC WM's Rob Gurney to speak with Ron Gourlay. Now, for a long time, we've sort of been calling for, for answers at Albion and obviously with Gourlay at the forefront, he was the one who was going to give them answers. He came out last week, arranged this sit-down, also chatted with Action for Albion, um, which we know was a positive discussion. Lewis, we've already talked about um, sort of overall feelings on the back of that interview and yeah. what, what you've... Um, what you've sort of gathered um, from it. But just recapping that before we hear a little bit of the, the clips themselves, just highly helpful, I suppose. Joining a few dots, maybe Albion fans haven't got all the answers, all the answers they were maybe wanting or expecting that Ron Gawley couldn't give them, um, which is not his fault. But I think we're in a... This is a gauge of... Uh, the gauge of what position we're in now is the fact that every time we ask you for questions... Um, probably over the last, I'd say over the last, well, since we discovered the, the £5 million loan in the summer, I'd say out of all questions we have, maybe 60% are probably about off-field issues. Um, we've got about 20, 25 questions today. One is about an off-field issue, and that's on the back of fans really getting answers, which is yeah, what we wanted, wasn't it? Like, Yeah, and fans just want to hear from someone who can give answers and someone who clearly part um yeah aware of what's going on mm. in terms of in terms of the controlling shareholders and and what's happening um i, I agree with you rongole can't give every answer maybe that he wants to or he's unable to give some answers i mean the obvious one is when's the loan going to be repaid yeah new year was early in the new year was yeah. given wasn't it and, and he was brutally honest with with us in saying that I don't know if it's tomorrow, next week, next month. And but yeah, did also reiterate and reaffirm his confidence in it. But um, we can only take that at face value. Now, some listeners might say, you, you know, well, you you were possibly confident in it being repaid by December the thirty first. But we can only go by what the chief executive is saying, and he's the one in contact with these people. Um, suggested daily, didn't he? Pretty much, and but. Ron Gourlay is absolutely fighting that fight on behalf of the club and like supporters, in, in my opinion. That's what I hear. That's what I saw from him last week. Um, I've heard others say this. I think if he wasn't there or if someone else was doing his job um, with maybe a different approach or not as front-footed approach, it would not go well, given the, the structure and everything that's going on and someone wasn't, you know really looking after that day-to-day. -day. I think things could get worse quickly and topple. But um, so nice to hear, you know, be able to, to bring his thoughts and feelings on, on matters uh, to, to readers and supporters, obviously. It was just something we'd wait for for a while. One or two reasons why it hadn't happened. Um, obviously, we had a brief chance when, when Corbrand was appointed, but it's not been an easy spell on or off the pitch this season, has it? I think that's an understatement. Um, it's still not an easy spell off the pitch. In fact, it's just getting hard, you know, more difficult and difficult. But he spoke at length about the five million Wisdom Smart loan. Spoke at length in great detail about the twenty million um, pound from 
the uh, from MSD Holdings. So, and, and answered everything that was put his way, really. Uh, look, there's some details he can't go into. Uh, yeah, I recall him being asked about the T's and C's of that MSD loan, interest, you know, the, the, the finer details that are, let's be fair, really, really crucial and vital. But the, the things he can't talk about, you know, these private confidential agreement deals, aren't they? So uh, it's, it's unfair to expect him to go into that. But what he could say he did, I thought he was... Um, sort of steadfast and strong in his opinions on, on things. He was quite open and honest about his relations with Lai and Ken, um, which I thought were, were really interesting. You know, he, uh, I'm looking at one of our headlines. He, he pulls pulls no punches on his on his relationship, doesn't he? He's demanding. And if, you know, he wants to see, see things happen or make points or go asking about X, Y and Z, he will continue to do so. And I just think that's, very important for Albin at the moment because if it wasn't there, well, you know, who'd be um, who'd be fighting that fight or leading that? So, yeah, I, I hope it was um, of interest to to those that read it or listened to it, and um, yeah, enjoyable. And I hope also that you know we have another chance reasonably soon. And it's yeah, I'm sure it won't be um, another wait of of months and months and months before we get the chance again. I'm sure it won't be sort of been. Um, Given some level of you know sort of assurance that we'll be able to do this as often as we can, and um, you know, and ask questions that are really you know really important. For those who haven't read or listened to it, here's a little clip of uh, of Ron Gourlay speaking um, to the the press last week. Well, I think on the field, um, I think um, everyone can see we're doing extremely well, um, and I think you've got to take this back to um, the changes we made. Um, Obviously, with the change from of uh, change of manager around the end of October, um, it was a pivotal time of the season for us. Um, we took a bit of time with Carlos um, coming in. Um, it took me nearly three weeks. I think we we worked on the replacement um, for the coach, um, and it was important that we got it right. And I think when I sat down with you guys back when we introduced Carlos to you, um, I said I felt. Um, the work that I'd done um, along with Ian, we felt that um, we had the right man for the job this time, and it was it was a long process, but I think it was a process that Carlos also appreciated as well because I think it was right that we got the right man for the job, and we were the right club for Carlos to where he was in his stage of his career, and I think that was very very important. And one of the things for me. Um, that I had to get straight in my mind is that when I joined this club, everybody till told me how what a squad we had, you know, you know the big names that we had in our team, and and you know, we should be performing better, and and things will happen. Um, but that stuck with me because it was not so much kind of oh wait and it's going to happen. It was getting the right man that can actually make it happen. And, and understanding how he was going to make it happen, because, you know, I interviewed a number of people and everybody talked about the quality of the squad. Um, but it's all about how do you get the qualities out of the players on match day? And I think that conversation, the demonstration, the presentations from Carlos um, made it very clear in, in my mind and in Ian's mind that um, he was the right man for the job. Um, his attention to detail, 
his commitment. Everything was there that said, "Look, this, this is what we what we need at this present time," and um, you know I think he's proved that it's still early days, um, but we're moving in the right direction very quickly. And um, the frustration for me slightly is that it's nearly a year since I've been in the job, and we've made big, big progress behind the scenes. You know, we've made a lot of changes within the football club. Um, I've learned a lot about the football club. I've learned a lot about the people. They've learned a lot about me. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of positives and there's a few negatives, but it always seems to be the negative story that is, it comes out as a bigger story. And I said when I joined the club that there was a lot of challenges within the football club. And some of the challenges I could discuss there and then, which I did, and some of the challenges um, which is coming known to me as I as I move forward. And um, but I'm fully confident. I said, you know, I said back in October that I was the right man for the job. Um, you know, I hope some people, you know, as a CEO in a football club, you know, you um, some of the positives just seem to. You drift away and you don't get credit for it at times, but the negative is always your fault. And but that's football, you know. And and you know, I've been in football a long time, and and at that point I put to peace in my mind a long time ago. I understand how it works, and um, but I've learnt a lot more about this football club, um, and how big the club is, how big the club can be, um, and um, you know. I've got very, very attached to the club, and um, I think that's something that um, hopefully will help us as we go forward. And, um, you know, I do speak a lot to the fans, um, and I do understand their frustrations. Um, but, you know, this is a football club that you've got to plan ahead for, and, you know, there has been very little um, investment come into the football club since the owner took over, the current owner. Um, and... You get by in circumstances like that when you're in the Premiership. But once you kind of drop out the Premiership, that investment starts, lack of investment does start to hurt. And it doesn't matter, you know, at the end of the day, I'm an employee, okay? Um, so it's my job is to do the best I possibly can with the tools that I have at my disposal. And that's what I've tried to do. Um, but everything is focused on the football. But to give you an example, um, if I can use an example, the academy. I think you'll remember when I first joined, we kept losing players from our academy. We were developing all these young guys, we kept losing them. We've had to put a stop to that. And we've not stopped it 100%, but we've stopped it. Um, then we had the audit of the academy, which, you know, there was areas there where it needed investment. We tried to get by but it didn't work, so we had to then move what monies we had into the academy to make sure we were protecting the players that were coming through and also um, coming up to the requirements um, that's required by the Premier League um, and the EPP1, because that status is very, very important to us. So there's a lot of other things that's gone on around the club um, that, um, that I've had to deal with that I inherited when I came into the club. And, you know, Going back to the loan, 
you know the the club is also when you're investing in the club you're buying players and you're able to sell players you know and that's what West Bromwich Albion have done over the years but that has stopped because once the investment goes in um, we've discussed many times the the past acquisition of players has not you know we've paid over the odds and that's hurting us now and we have the you know we're still playing for players who came in um, a few years ago and you know that's that, that's what it is I'm tell you, that's what it is and you've got to deal with that and you know but I didn't create that I've had to deal with it and that's why um, you know in the job I've spent £350,000 on players we've we've rebuilt an unbalanced squad and we're now getting the best out the, out the team and you know you know, you see some of the guys who have come through the academy. I think there was four or five in, 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 in the game at Chesterfield. So it's happening. It is happening. I did say at the time it was going to take time to do that. Um, and the loan, you know, I go to the owner. <laughs> I'm asking for investment, you know. And his way of investment was to take the loan. And that's his, you know, he can. Um, he is the major shareholder. He, he's his money. He's the guy who spent 200 million on the football club. Um, and I've got to run the day to day. Um, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the chief executive of the football club and I can only work with the tool bag that I have. Um, and there's a lot of things that we've done that I think is, um, is definitely heading in the right direction. However, um, I do know that there's certain other things that's gone on at the club. Um, before my time um, that is um, proven difficult um, but we will resolve it we will resolve it Lewis from those sort of discussions and, and the questions that he's answered I think when we talk I think the big concern wasn't it was the 20 million pound loan yeah people are worried about the, the other loans um, but the 20 million pound one I think when people look at the clubs that have taken them loans out um, in the past I think that's the topic that people wanted questions answered on. And I think prior to this interview, people were probably of the assumption that this loan was sort of to keep Albion running at the moment. But the answers that Gawley's given on that have made the assurances, hasn't he, that this is a net to put under the football club if it doesn't go up. And I suppose that's that's of maybe not a full comfort to Albion fans, but a little well, it's better than not having a net there yeah. I guess isn't it um, a safety net yeah you're right you know we all know the situation with payment parachute payments following um, Prem relegation and how they dwindle and then eventually expire after is it three seasons I believe which I'm going to um, obviously head in towards mm -hmm. the third when the drop off is quite stark to say the least so um, so that hole that significant very significant hole of, of, uh, of finance you know, that it had to be drummed up somewhere, didn't it? And I, I, I don't see. He was quite clear, wasn't he, the chief executive about um, about funding. Yeah, you know, he's he's um, he went to Mr. Lai. That's the other point. Yeah, you know, and, and and said, you know, what what about funding for X, Y, and Z different parts of the club? And the answer he was given by his boss, the person at the top, is third party. You know, so that's that's where they are. What and, that does um, sort of nail as well. I think Albion fans have known it for a long time, but it confirms that Light either doesn't want to or hasn't got the money to invest. invest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's what Albion one fans, of the, one of the other, one yeah, the unofficially other. knew, wasn't it? But that, that sort of almost, you know, confirms it. On the 
I was thinking about this and just thinking of some sort of other takes on that £20 million loan. And, and what Ron Gourlay has said there is that that money might never be used. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But which hopefully it isn't used. That's the positive. The negative, as I suppose, is it accrues interest, which... Yeah, well, clearly... Without using it, I suppose. Which is, But that's, you know, part and part, that's comes with the territory, doesn't it, of getting money like that? Clearly, if I'm in goal this season, which is a big if, by the way, mm-hmm. but in in my opinion, under this manager slash head coach, dead. Got a real I, chance. I, I, I want to say dead set for the playoffs. I don't want to, like, you know, I, I don't want to... What's the word? I, <laughs> don't stick your neck out of the line, because I do that on before games all the time. Well, and I get yeah, battered for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to jinx things, is what I what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're on track to finishing mm-hmm. the playoffs, and then it's a shootout, isn't it? And you'd back Corbran in my opinion yeah. um, what I've seen outside of the top two is I think major but um, yeah look if, if they go up I appreciate <laughs> it's not going to be smooth sailing on or off the pitch in the Premier League but it certainly provides much more Helps, of a it? Um, a boost to the coffers doesn't it now we know there's a different situation entirely if they don't go up and that's where that's where they're going to need help from this this loan to and and I think Ron Gourlay made it quite clear, didn't it? It's, you know, it's not. This is not twenty million for a transfer key for the player squad. This is, um, this is everything. Infrastructure, really. was a yeah. Infrastructure is, and it is that. It's everything that comes with that. Academy, medical, um, technical, you know, all, all the things really. And I know it's not, and I totally understand. It's not what fans might, might want to hear about it, but it's everything that goes into a success, you know, a club. The things that fans don't don't yeah, see or maybe yeah. consider. And we don't, you know, we don't necessarily see that, but you know, all things. I mean, he even broke it down to travel and overnight hotel stays that obviously aren't free. Um, but but yeah, um, that's a that's a thing, isn't it? It's it's and it's it's quite encouraging that this happened in sort of January. Yeah, because because what a lot of fans asked as well, and and I I sort of answer this, not making an assumption, but this is my sort of uh, educated guess on the subject is fans saying, well, why have you taken it out now and paying interest on it? Why can we take it at the end of the season? My guess is that if you try and take, it's not. This has probably been in the pipeline for quite a few months. It's not. You don't just ring up a company and go, can I borrow twenty million pounds yeah. tomorrow? Well, and 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 if it if it you know didn't start talking about it till the summer, talk about it when they found out they. You know, got promotion or not got yeah. promotion via the playoffs. Then it, you know, you could be a a massive scramble. B leave yourself really tight. And yeah. you know, they they do clubs. I uh, I would like to wager all clubs do plan. You know, the, the well, forecast and yeah. yeah. Um, so look, they've they've realised. Well, it doesn't take a genius, doesn't it? They've realised the parachute situation. They're very aware of that situation, and 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 something needs to to back it up. Something needs to cover it, and you know. In an ideal situation, it gets to gets to the summer and we're basking in the glory of about to be heading into the top flight and it'll it'll be it'll be nice, won't it? And you know we'll we'll think well, you know what's going to happen now with with the with the owner? Is he is he going to look at offers now? Albion are a top flight club, or is there going maybe going to be some investment? You paint a lovely picture of the future, Lewis. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's a, that's an ideal world, isn't it? Like it's very hard to win the playoffs, isn't it? As Albion fans yeah. well know. Um, but look, they're, they're making realistic plans, and you know, for for if it if it doesn't go to plan, and that's got to be encouraging. I, I realise the whole situation isn't encouraging because in an ideal and proper world, you wouldn't need to be borrowing money to no. pay overheads. But 
we 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 are where we are and we know why we're where we are and uh, it's been needed and it's been done and and yeah I'm I'm it, it was good for me it was a nice for me to have um to, to sort of sit down and chat with Ron Gourlay last week um it was the first sort of official one of those that I've done since coming into the role I was obviously at Corbrands uh, on bailing but the previous sit down with the locals was kind of before I just before I started. Um, I met him, met him a few times at the training ground, pleasantries and, and little chats and stuff. But to have that first chance to to s- almost see what he's about when he's talking properly yeah. and passionately about the situation and and giving views and stuff like that, it was quite enlightening. Um, yeah, and I look forward to the next one. And like I say, I I hope it appeased some some of the readers and concerns. I, I realise that some of the topics aren't good and uh, are concerning, but as I say, unfortunately, this is the hand we've been dealt. Certainly is. Just a couple of more points on it. Um, I thought an interesting line, and we joked about this post listening to the the interview. Now, lies missed two payment deadlines for the the five million pound loan. You know, we're told it's going to come back in the first half of this year. Um, Gourlay stuck his neck out before the last deadline was broken and said he, you know, he's. He's confident it will be paid by the deadline. I think were his were his words of the, the, the of the thirty first of December. Sorry, um, and BBC WM's Rob Gurney asked him, you know, if it isn't repaid again, does is when does he say enough is enough? There's a little pause in the in the question. And he said and walk away, um, to which sort of Gourlay sort of give a little bit of a a bit of a chuckle. Uh, <laughs> now he didn't say he wouldn't walk away. What he said is he's not a quitter. And that line that you said before about the club being in a strong position with him there, that's just not his view, it's the view of other people at the football club. It's quite an interesting line, really. It shows his stance on it and, and the fact that he's also said, you know, with him under his watch, no more money will leave the, the football club. It was very clear, you know, reading between the lines, what he thinks of of the loan and and, yeah. and the situation. Yeah, you've got to obviously read, which he's say, read between the lines, yeah, yeah. which is, um, is a good point. Obviously, there's some certain things you can't say, but get the tone and sort of look beyond what, what he was saying and, and things like that. Um, really interesting. And I I believe, you know, his, his point on on no more money will leave the club. I think under his watch while he's there in that role, he's not going to stand for it now, obviously. I think he also said if it does, he won't be around. It was one line. Well, it, when when he was asked that by Rob Gurney, um, sort of a little chuckle. It was quite jovial, wasn't yeah. he? And then I think you said I'm not a quitter, and then said um, I'm not there yet. Was it something yeah. like that? I'd have to look up that, but it was along those lines. Yeah. Um, like he'll, he'll be aware, you know. He's Ronnie's. He's um, said he's confident on repayments, and and they've gone, and that's 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 nice thought, is it? You know, that that's that's above him. Um, he asks. As we heard daily, can't can't really do too much more, can you? Um, you know, the, the person involved here isn't even in the country, you know, different side of the, the globe. Um, but yeah, he, he couldn't have been firmer in, in his thoughts on certain things. I thought he, even when he couldn't say things, it, it almost said a lot. He could, you know, read into some of the, some of the words. It, it was, it was most interesting and um, yeah, enjoyed it and, it probably surprised me in in how strong he was on certain topics. Mm. Probably a bit more than I expected, I would say. Yeah, just for, and, and just finally for Albion fans, you know, you get all the sceptics and stuff. And I think Gawley coming out and doing this has been brilliant. And you know, hats off to him and, and the people at the club. Um, 
for sort of giving these answers as well. But you know, you get people questioning it online, or oh, don't believe him, and all this stuff. But I suppose he answered everything that he could answer. You know, the questions on investing money and and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. He can't answer that. He doesn't live in Lie's head. And I suppose until Lie comes out, which he never will, or he, he might do, but um, but I can't imagine he will um, until he sells the, the football club. There, they're the answers that Albion fans probably won't get. All questions Albion fans probably won't get answers yeah. to. He's the only one who can can answer can answer that. But uh, just yeah, we've we've you know we've been very vocal. We've we've wanted to hear from Ron Gawley for a long time because there have been so many hot topics, and I thought he answered them very well. And, and like you say, they were very forthright and, and very strong. If you want to hear or if you want to read um, some of the bits you haven't maybe heard on today's podcast, go back onto the ExpressSR.com. Plenty of stories on there um, that Lewis has been writing over the last week, where you can check them out. Right, we're going to look at transfers now, the transfer window. Lewis, any more any more rumours this week? One in terms of outgoings, which we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, it's emerged in the last couple of days that, that Wolves, Albion's arch black country rivals, and maybe a couple of other clubs are looking at Ethan Ingram. Um, he's had limited first-team exposure at Albion. I think the last time he played was in a, in a League Cup tie against Derby County. Um Anything in that one? What to, what can we gather? Oh, uh, I gather that there is, uh, there is interest in him, um, from what I've been told, gen- genuine as per reports. Um, can't say it surprises me much. Doesn't doesn't seem to be in the first team picture for where his age mm. is. I mean, the obvious comparison is the other fullback position in Ashworth, isn't it? Who's had a, a go in a game and now been granted a League One loan, which. I was quite surprised he was sent to League One. You know, I thought it might have been League Two, or but um, no, great, great move for Ashworth to go to Burton, and we haven't seen the same happen for Ingram, have we? We haven't seen a go in any of the cup games, um, so it does leave a question to be asked on where Ingram is with the head coach, with Carlos Corbran. Whether Corbran quite thinks he's at the level yet of someone like Ashworth or any of the other maybe more developed younger players who have had a run out. Um, unfortunate because you know, he's got youth international pedigree, hasn't he? And um, played in games before and always been a bright spark coming through the academy, I think, as far as I can tell. So, and I mean, I've seen 21's games this season and oh, he always catches the eye. I think he's very good for that level, but there comes a time where, and I, th- I think Ingram's certainly at it now from, from what I've sort of gleaned and, and been speaking to people. Um, where he, need, he needs to go out and it, it just doesn't look like a loan's forthcoming um, at the moment. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Albion aren't, they don't have a, a massive list of options at right back, do they? they? They really don't. So to the point where Gardner Hickman has to play there is, is a midfielder. Um, so you wonder whether he's, that's sort of holding him back for sending him out on loan. Mm. But he's also... What did I? Is eighteen months left on his deal? I think that he signed, and clubs see him as a great age, a cheap, cheap purchase with with a ceiling, with potential. Um, and I've been told the interested clubs see that, and you know, fancy a bit of it. And it, it will be interesting to see if Albion are open to to moving him on permanently. I mean, it would be a shame, and I'd I'd like to think they won't. But of course, that decisions with. The head coach and how highly he rates him, perhaps, you know, perhaps he doesn't see it, and that happens under different management, doesn't it? That happens. So it's an interesting one. Um, if he's if he is granted a loan, then where does that leave him? I mean, 
it'd be great for him and perhaps it'll depend how that loan goes and then look we reevaluate re sorry in the summer but yeah yeah really sort of interesting to see your clubs of a good stature let's be careful what i say then um linked linked with it yeah, uh, yeah, yeah well you know what i mean <laughs> not I'm, I'm not talking about uh um sort of semi-professional setups you know good <laughs> clubs from top divisions yeah, yeah. um showing an interest in him which is you know a nod to his talent and potential surely um but it now looks sort of up in the air whether we'll ever see that in the Hawthorns really yeah in terms of incomings um rumours been a bit quieter Quiet, yeah. obviously we've had Lewis O'Brien has been the main name who's cropped up across window John Russell um, Evan Ferguson at Brighton was one, but he seems to be playing quite a, quite a bit for um, uh, Brighton at the moment. There's another Brighton forward. Um, yes, the German German forward. Um, yeah, um, his name, his name just me. escapes me. Yeah, you yeah. keep on talking. I'll find yeah. It. Um, in terms of in terms of other incomings, it has it has gone quiet. Um, do we know anything else? Yeah, you know, un, un, Dennis Undav. Dennis Undav. Uh, that is the, the the German forward at Brighton yeah. who was linked with Villa. Look, Corbram uh, was very, when we spoke to him before Burnley last Thursday, was was, was quite coy. Um, but not uh, not coy, but he, he made it quite clear, I think, that things are going to be late, which is what no supporter or journalist really wants to hear, I, I think. Um, so, so don't, not after don't, last don't, time, don't anyway. get booking deadline day off. Yeah, we had good memories of that in the summer, didn't we? So, um, I'll just but, give you a little bit of a flavour of that. Obviously, everyone knows that the um, you know the debacle of the of the summer window, but I can recall, I was on a, I think I was on an eight to eight shift, and I was like, I'm going to switch my laptop off. I'm done. I think Albion fans will remember me tweeting this, and then all of a sudden, as Albion's late business started continuing, I was like glued to Twitter. Oh. I remember just being sat in bed, watching <laughs> telly at like five to eleven. Is eleven the dead? Eleven is yeah, the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five to eleven, thinking. God, this this Onoma deal is going to be late. This Salzat deal is going to be late, and then I just took a text from you about five past eleven. Stand down, all done. Well, no, no, it was actually we were. Was it later than that? Yeah, we weren't really told to stand down. Yeah, you know, things are off at like yeah. twenty twenty five past half past. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, that that wasn't fun. So and, and it went on a lot. And, yeah, and and we would. I, I remember knocking around on my laptop till about one a.m. wondering. What the hell's gone on? How do we dissect this? <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully it won't be like that. that yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully it won't be like that. But I also, you know, Corbyn has been quite clear that you know a bit of this domino situation. Look for Albion to take one, maybe two that they'd like on loan. More than likely on loan, from what we're hearing. Um, I suppose they're in a space. Things have to fall into place, don't they? Look, but they're yeah. in a space where they can do the, the, you know loan business. Obviously, we know with loans, either the parent club will pay sometimes if they want the player off, yeah. or just out of the building. They'll pay all the wages, or a lot of time part of the wages. But I suppose with Albion not having not brought any loan players in in the summer, it does leave room for, if obviously finance is dependent, but it's not like they've already got four. I know, for example, clubs have got six loans in at the moment, but you're only allowed to name a certain amount in your match day squad. Yeah. So it's not like Albion have already got four in and they can only bring loan players in. Yeah, I've asked um, Corbyn about the loan market and he, not saying he didn't answer it, but sort of more skirted the issue really I, I just think it's it's interesting that well first of all I think it's interesting nothing was doing in the summer and um, 
And instead, what, what are we on now? January the 24th? As you say, a week to go. Yeah, and it'd be a long time and since Albion haven't signed any loan players. In, yeah, yeah, in, absolutely. In um, look, I, I wouldn't say that we're going to get to a week tomorrow, next Wednesday, and one won't be in the door because I think it's most likely, isn't it? Although, you know, when the, when the John Russell um, sort of suggestion emerged earlier this month from Huddersfield, it... He looked like a player that Huddersfield were happy to let go to, you know, cut ties, move yeah. on, best full party situation. So, but I think when you're trying to get a specifically good player in to do a job in a decent squad, as I think Albion are, it's difficult to get those permanents. Yeah. When, you, when you're not spending, you know, the John Russell thing, you know, Huddersfield might be happy with a cut price. Um, but, but it's the loan market, isn't it? Let's, let's be honest. It's those that have, um, are on the fringes in the Premier League. Um, or perhaps further afield, yeah. and and it's not quite happening for them. I, I, I was looking, I was reading up about Undev, the uh, the Brighton striker from Germany, and he's got um, he's got one hell of a goal record, which which prompted Brighton to sign him. What last we summer. need, um, yeah, well, yeah, which is what um, everyone needs. Isn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah, I think um, so. Reading between the lines, it, it's quite clear. Corbran has been looking in the middle of the park, um, and and in attacking areas, be that left flank centre forward role I'd imagine yeah more so centre forward because that you know be, beyond DK and Thomas Asante it's sparse isn't if it if it had it's, to be two you'd probably say a central midfielder and a striker yeah yeah probably. If, if DK is you know it's a big ask for DK to keep going yeah. to go you know, play 90 minutes or start games to games he looks like it's tough for him at the minute maybe understandably after being out for a year um, they're rotating really well, obviously prior to uh, Thomas Sanchez's suspension. But beyond those two, yeah, it, it's Grant, isn't it? And nothing against him. Corbin's been quite clear he's a winger, and you know you, you could argue that leaves Albion with I'm oh, not counting Zahor in this, but two out and out strikers. You need more, don't you? Really, you need more to be able to call on. You're not uh, back in the resurrection of Ken. No, 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 <laughs> no, I'm not, mate. Sorry, sorry to give you that exclusive, uh, but no. Um, yeah, whether he um, whether he moves on before next week is yeah. is interesting. I, I think if if Albion could do that, then I think they they would. It's an you know, I think I'm sure Zahor wouldn't mind it if he's thinking about his career. But oh, like, a lot of things to agree for that to happen, isn't there? And you know, not not least uh, clubs that will, will will take it on. And obviously, I know Denmark clubs have been muted, which you, you could see making sense, couldn't it? A move back home, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would like to see, and just when January window comes around, just to freshen things up, it's always good, I think, to see at least one come in. It gives that sort of fresh energy, lift to players and fans, I think. It's just to know there's well, um, yeah. Yeah, something fresh coming through the door. But Corbyn has, dare I say, tried to let everyone down gently so far this window mm. by saying Can't he's so happy, uh, you know, he was, he's so happy with what he's got yeah. there. And... Um, like, I mean, it's hard to argue the record they've they've put together for him, isn't it? I know we sort of we look at Burnley and we're disappointed, and maybe Armin didn't play as well at Burnley because they were missing three players, and that shows there's no depth in the squad because yeah. three players and it's a crisis and all of that jazz. But I do think we do have to remember it was a top side. Um, but there's there's no doubt Philip in Phillips and Thomas Asante. I, I guess you're talking. Two of the main four or five four attackers, and the the drop off. There is no doubt in the drop off is at at the moment. Um, 
so yeah, I I, I I sort of not that I see it from both camps, but I see what Corbin's saying. There's someone who's got to come in now as yeah, and, and we're working within restraints, let's be honest. We've not got much to chuck around at this. So the one or two that we do have got to be right and they've got they've got to add something. They, you can't just be bringing them in for the sake of it when you're working in Albion's um, budgets and so on. So it, it is, a, I don't really envy him with this. It's a difficult thing to strike, I think, balance to, to hit. But no doubt it would just would just lift sort of fans and, and maybe the squad too. So hopefully they can just get you know, at least one to come off. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. I'm on an eight till eight shift next Tuesday for a deadline day. So this year, I am going to turn the laptop laptop at eight o'clock and avoid any late drama. I don't believe it. No, I'll, I'll probably, probably won't. <laughs> when it uh, gets to eight o'clock, and no one. When it gets to it. nine o'clock and a, and a Theo Walcott rumor emerges like it did last time, yeah. I'm sure I'll be hooked again. Right, time for an advert. As always, and as you know, the Baggies broadcast is kindly brought to you in association with the Ketland Toaster Man. He has got all your kitchen needs and household needs as well. He's got so much on offer there. Um, just go along and have a look. We've got a little bit of an advert in this one for you. You can pick up a Pifco rechargeable window vacuum with spray bottle. You can save all your money paying the window cleaner by doing it yourself for just eleven ninety nine. Um, and he's got those products and a host more um, in the store at Thorns Road on Briley Hill, or you can head online to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, Coxie, we have got questions aplenty today. Um, now, as we said, most of them, um, unusually, are about on-field topics <laughs> today. Um, this is going to be um, probably covering a little bit of ground that we've we've already done. Uh, Sonil Patel, who is a regular listener to the podcast, thank you for your question. Uh, where do you sit on the Grady debate, which has been raging on Twitter? There's clearly talent, but mentally he seems to have never recovered after joining us on a permanent. Um, he's put in brackets, don't think he wanted to join us. Now, Albion fans all know there was a big debate at the time. I think Mark Noble was very vocal from West Ham, questioning why they'd sold um, Dean Garner. He overthinks everything and is just not as sharp as he was. Now, he's continued, and this question is all the way up my feet. Um, we've had almost every type of manager now in the last few years, but no one can seem to get anything out of him. Even Carlos, who has improved almost everyone else. Do we have to try and move him on in the summer and cut losses if possible? Now, I'll disagree with that because for we said this, uh, I'm not disagree total, so no, but just that point on no one getting anything out of him. Steve Bruce got the most out of him. Yeah, through yeah. What, you know, Bruce, as we said, was very open with us about it and how he'd done it and what sort of type of player D and Garner was. I guess Sunil means, you know, not as we touched on earlier, not to the level. Not to the level that he was. Yeah. You know, can you see a world where if Albion don't go up, or even if they do go up, the they move Grady on in the. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we sort of. I, we, we touched on it earlier, didn't we, with Dean Garner? I think. I think he's. I, I see at the moment him having a big part to play because of circumstance. Um, but I I also think that he has to deliver in it to right, maybe prove his worth is too strong a statement. But along those lines, you know, show that it's still there and show he can bring it out. He's got to obviously show Carlos Corbin mm. he can bring it out because he's not been a regular and and um, he needs to show a new head coach what he can do. But uh, I do I do sort of agree with Sunil to you know, to a point with what he's saying, just about how how he looks in in games, um, low on confidence and just sort of head down. When you just want to see a player like him be flourish and be confident, he's got do what he was doing. Arsenal fans don't need me to say he's got all the ability and sort of technique yeah. in the world. Um, this team would love to see it, and yeah, the, the, 
they'd love to see it now. Like we, we know Corbyn favours Phillips, we've seen that and it's bore fruit, hasn't it? It's it's, it's paid off, but that doesn't mean that Dean Garner can't deliver now. Under Corbyn, we've seen you know it's Phillips and Wallace on the wings, but a fully fit Dean Garner would be a great foil to Wallace on the other side. Wallace is someone who gets the ball, you know, he's one of them like you see in school, isn't he? Like gets the ball, knocks it past the defender, beats the defender for pace and whips it in, whereas Dean Garner's one of them ones who gets it, you know, bamboozles and, and ties, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, ties yeah. the fullback in knots. Well, as, as Alvin saw a couple of years ago, a, foot, a fully fit and top form Dean Garner's one of, if not one of, yeah, if not the best attacking player in the division, really, can really t- turn defences inside out, can't he? Tie them in knots, score, create, assist. Um, it would it'd be massive if he could find a tune, but it feels like it's it, it's a lot. To, it feels unlikely that he'll this season suddenly click and hit those levels. Yeah. If if he can find the tune from earlier on in the season where he was effective, scoring a couple, um, that'll be a boost. Yeah. That'll be a boost. I think. Um, like, <laughs> the summer and beyond. Like, come come back. To, let let's see where things are. Then it's a lot of football before then, isn't there? And um, but it does. This is a whole other subject and we won't speak about this because we'll be here all day. But if Albion don't go up um, and the prospect of having to move players onto balance books, big bigger earners, um, which is what no one wants. Um, He'd be someone you look at probably. Well, yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like that's the writings on the wall because I'm just giving an opinion here on it. But looking at it from the outside in um, or on on the edges of it, um, he's surely a, a big transfer fee, Surely on on decent wages, I'm sure, as an attacker. Um, if 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 it doesn't improve between now and the end of the season, could find himself in that position where um, the club have got to look to do something just to make things work and keep ticking over. So yeah, big few months, isn't it, for him? Massive, massive few months. We got a question here from John Adams, MND Warrior. Now a lot of Albion fans will know John because he is absolutely hilarious on Twitter. He just put a picture of himself holding the FA Cup, I think, in the press room at West Brom. Yeah, it looks. Um, like- will it, Will I be lifting the cup again this year? See, I'll be lifting the FA Cup. Oh, it'll be lovely, wouldn't it? Ask me on Monday. Yeah, we'll um, see. Yeah, Mon- Monday night's draw, yeah. uh, whenever the draw is. Yeah. Um, I, I back, getting ahead of ourselves, I, I back them to win on Saturday. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to have a run, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, fifth round, you, you, you really sort of, you're really thinking we're, we're, we're on a run here. Like, yeah. it, it kind gets a fifth round and get a nice draw. Well, if you get past the fourth round, it's no longer about. Resting players, is it? It's more about, you know, I think you're so. in that stage yeah. of the and if you're in round, you might as well have a bash. If you're in round five and then, you know, you, you're avoiding like a, a tough Premier League or a big six or something, then you, you're really sort of licking your lick. I, I get the whole, like, it's by no means a priority, a focus, playoffs, playoffs is, but like, if you can stick in it a couple more ties and get momentum, like, you know, we're, we're tongue in cheek about Wembley and stuff, but. Just need needed to be a bit, you know, yeah. The draw, look at the draw being a bit kind, and I mean, even mean lower lower ranked prem, mm. you know, core brands are been on their day at their best would would give a, a mid to lower prem side a run, I'm sure. Mm. Um, a Premier League team might rotate and so on, but yeah, it's I I enjoy it. I, I love the FA Cup and I love the prospect of having a run in it, and uh, yeah, it's just the dream goes on, doesn't it? You never know. Yeah, well, hopefully John will be picking up. But I just want to say, about a lot of Albion fans will see John Adams, the MND Warrior, on Twitter. Very inspirational, always coming out with little quips and funny pictures and quotes. Um, keep it up, John, because we, uh, we all really enjoy it and it brings a, a smile to our faces. Um, a question here from Nick Nichols. Uh, are Albion waiting 
for players, um, I Zahor, Livermore, etc. To leave before we bring in any signings now. Sorry to disappoint you, Neil. Um, I don't think Jake Livermore will be leaving in the January transfer window, but Kenneth Zahor might. Lewis, is that? Has there been any indication that, that there's got to be outs to be ins or? Well, not 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 so much. Um, listen, I think the world would be a lot easier if some were to move on, and if Albion could do it, I'm sure they mm. they would. We touched on that with Zahor, didn't they? But. I wouldn't say, look, and, and we also know that I've been working on restraints of yeah, whether it's loan fees or you know, nominal fees or, or whatever, I haven't got masses to work with, but I don't, I don't think there's no room to bring anyone in because nobody's going the other way type thing. I, I do think there's a lot in Corbrand wanting to keep a, a good number that he has sort of on board and happy and that's difficult, isn't it? Like You've got the likes of Livermore who's We've still seen on the bench every now and then. Um, knows he's not going to be involved, but he's still a massive part of it. That there are others like mm. that, aren't there? Reach comes on every game, doesn't he? Um, it seems these days. Um, other examples. So, I will. When you mention Reach, though, I will say I actually ran into Joe Massey at the weekend at Shrewsbury, and he was oh, yeah. he was waxing lyrical about his boy, fan, his boy Reachy, um, as Albion fans will have will have remembered. Um, but yeah, he plays a lot, doesn't he? Reach, and in terms of, I, I, I don't, I. I, I Historically, I'm a fan of Adam Rich. I've seen yeah. him blow down where he's been a star. I think but... Albion fans will say, you know, I think when he came in, we we, we joked, up me. I think like me and Elias Burke from the Athletic were joking, when's Rich going to bang this one in the top corner? He always used to see him score belters against Albion for Sheffield Wednesday. Maybe I haven't seen the heights of Adam Rich, but he certainly hasn't been Albion's worst player. Well, it's just that, you know, if you're, if you're going to be a squad member who's on the bench and can come on in games, then he's always one that runs himself into the ground, isn't he, and doesn't yeah. shirk anything. But the fact he can play... You know, in fact, he can slot in how many different positions is just a bit of a manager's dream, really, because mm. you're covering bases on the bench, aren't you? With, you know, you can maybe afford an extra forward on the bench yeah. or an extra centre half because Reach can fill in a couple of roles. So, yeah, but there are other examples, aren't there? I mean, you know, you, you Kelly's of this world. Um, maybe when a Jay and Bartley, uh, Jay's back, granted, but when Bartley comes back, the defence might change up again, I'd have thought. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it's Peter's going to be a regular things like this um, it's manager's role to also keep that dynamic and obviously it's a dynamic that's been working um, so he's got to balance get that one over the line with um, with keeping keeping morale up and spirit up and not rocking the boat so to speak yeah. so I, I think it's as much as that as a, as a financial one like listen if, if they could move Zahor on and maybe others in a similar position then then it would help. I'm not saying it wouldn't help. Of course it would help. It would be a, a massive help, but I don't think it's resting on bringing one or two in. No. Question here from Dickos. Has the Louis Barry transfer money been paid by Barcelona yet? Well, Dickos, I'm going to disappoint you. No, for the ages. No, it hasn't, and it won't be. This this um, this dates back to 2021, um, which I'm sure for some Albion fans will have slipped the net, but West Brom won't receive any money from that because um, FIFA ruled that Albion hadn't formally offered him a scholarship. Um, as you know, Albion had complained to FIFA um, claiming they were owed £110,000 in training compensation for Barry. Obviously, Barry was making waves before he left Albion, um, as I think as a 16-year-old or a 15-year-old. Um, now, this, as we said, this goes back to November 2021, so a long time ago. But no, that money won't be repaid because it hasn't got to be repaid. Um, Barry, obviously, now at Aston Villa. Um, so I hope that answers your question, um, Dickers. I'm sure there's some other Albion fans that it's, it's slipped the net on that. 
Um, and we've got some other questions here. Expected changes for the FA Cup game, which we'll come on to because we're going to finish on Bristol. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few loan signings. Um, GWBA. Um, could the ACV thing delay a potential club sale in the future? If Lie finds a buyer, that buyer would be purchased in the ground too. A six months delay is a long time, a lot of time in football. We could be a Premier League club when the sale initiates in a champ club in six months. Now, that's difficult to answer. Just on the ACV, that was the, the asset of community value application was accepted. Uh, I think it was by Sandwell Council yep. um, last week or was confirmed last week. So that is now. The Hawthorns is now an asset of community value, a lot like Anfield is in Liverpool and Old Trafford is in Manchester. Um, Lewis, good move. That's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah. There are intricacies and details that you know we could get into, which perhaps you know people are questioning its strength. People are people are question well, you know, what if loan repayments are defaulted or whatever? Because we know obviously the Hawthorns has been used as security, hasn't it, with, with MSD? But not for. On the base of what NACV is in, in the community and the layer of protection was the quote, wasn't it, from, from Ron Gawley? And that's, it's just, a, I think, a little bit of encouragement or perhaps even more than a little bit of encouragement for supporters. You know, when, it, when it comes to lie and if there are ever any you know, wild thoughts about doing something with the ground, which Ron Gawley was insistent haven't, that there haven't been, that's not been mentioned, but... You know, no one ever knows. Um, then, then there's that net safety net we mentioned mm. earlier in the podcast, um, and a bit of grace for community support. Some someone to sort out and sort of salvage, you know, a historic home. I think that's I think that's important. Yeah. I, I I understand the confusion and concern about the MSD situation with the Hawthorns, but the um, yeah, I, I know how much work went into getting the ACV sorted. It's not easy. A lot of um, red tape, a lot of you know, sort of uh, political things to tick off and go through, and different quotas to meet criteria. But there, a lot of work went into it. Um, so credit, and I think it's, I think it's important. It's some something people can can be proud of, isn't it? Really, yeah. you know, within the community, that it's some yeah, it's a, it's an iconic sporting arena in, in England, not just footballs, and you know, nothing should ever. Put it under threat, but you know we we know the way of the world these days. Yeah, and just on that question, it's hard to answer, isn't it? But I imagine that even though this is a protection, I suppose it makes it more difficult for the ground to be sold. Yeah, this it is has it. to be sold, and and I suppose I doubt that would make much of a difference to a to a sale um, in terms of going through. I don't know. I've never been involved. Well, in no, no, no. Well, ditto. Yeah, I mean, um, but I never plan to be involved in the sale of a football club. No, but but you never know. But, but, if I win the if I win the the Euro Millions. Well, yeah, I might buy a might buy a little club or something. Take them up the leagues. Albion. Oh, I got enough money for that part. You're too you're too passionate to. I have to buy Albion. two Euro Millions tickets. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, look, the bottom line with this is that if, but yeah, you know, worst came to the worst, Albion fans could rally. The community could rally and, yeah. and do something. I understand the question um, when it comes to a, a sale, but I think that's a line to cross. Down the line, isn't it? Like, and, and yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately for everyone involved, is is a sale on the horizon. It you know, doesn't feel like it with where Albion are at the moment, does it? And unless there's a massive gear change from the controlling shareholder, and he decides that um, you know he decides to take take what Albion are on the market for at the moment, and that's not going to um, make much, much of a return, is it? So 
you know, while um, while promotion back to the top flight is, dare I say it, on the table, um, I think that will, can will be sort of continue to be kicked down the road. Yeah. Final question. Um, hi, guys. Do you see us at risk of losing Ethan Ingram to QPR or the Dingles? 18 months left on the current deal. Ron Gourley spoke about the importance of the academy. Be ashamed to lose another highly rated player we've nurtured. P.S. Good to speak to you, Johnny, outside the baggies before Reading. Good to speak to you too as well, Lee. Um, that's an interesting <coughs> point, isn't it? Because um, Gourley spoke very passionately about they were they sort of plugged the gap of, of losing all these youngsters. Uh, and I'm actually planning mm. on doing a piece in the next few days about looking at back at the players that, that Albion have actually lost, who've, who've made minimal first-team appearances at some in some cases, zero first-team appearances. Um, you'd like to think Albion will battle to keep Ingram because um, Gourlay was so vocal on that stance last, yeah, uh, as early as last week, but uh, as recent as last week. Yeah, sorry. as we know, yeah, it's just sort of each each individual is a different example, isn't it? When it, you know, you know, the club, the head coach um, might decide best four parties. You know, don't see a necessarily see a way of progression in the first team next season beyond for player X. Um, so it's not, you know, every youngster that comes through the academy that's been highly rated is going to make it because that's what Ron said is important. It's not necessarily that, is it? It's got to fit into Carlos Corbin or whoever the manager mm. is, his ideas and plans. But I, I take the concern and we spoke about Ingram earlier, didn't we? And um, it, it would be a blow, but... I dare say if it's what's best for the player. Um, look, and, and it might be one, and another, well, there, there have been some examples of regret, I don't know, and some not so. Um, you know, we are just speaking on Louis Barry, weren't we? And um, that's been an interesting sort of few years for him. Um, but Ethan Ingram might go to one of those interested clubs if he does leave, which is an if, um, and, and flourish and have a good year and then be on the bench in the, you know, in the first team. Um it could it could also go the other way. I've I've seen many cases where, you know, a player goes out, um, highly rated from academy, but granted a move goes out and the move doesn't happen, and next thing you know he's on loan further down the pyramid, and you know whatever, and then it just it just sort of tails off like that. So there are a lot of unknowns about yeah. that. But I I I've seen England play and I, I liked what I what I saw. I think thought he's a good prospect, another good graduate of the academy, but it's a it's a big step, isn't it? It's a big step. It's an interesting point you make there. Just off for this piece, I'm going to do off the top of my head. I'm thinking of players that you know you could go back. Izzy Brown played minimal appearances. I think Izzy Brown, the last I saw him was at Preston. Um, hasn't got mountains of appearances. Jerome Sinclair Jerome went Sinclair. To, to Liverpool. Um, Watford. Uh, Morgan Rogers. I went to, Man to uh, Just jumping in there. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I, I listened to a podcast recently, um, and it centered around uh, a piece on. Um, Jerome Sinclair and he now currently runs a chicken shop in Birmingham really there we go 18 months after leaving Watford I believe yeah. um, became and I think I'm right in saying still is Liverpool's youngest ever appearance holder against Albion yeah I think I'm right in saying at a Hawthorne's Cup top okay um, at like six, 15 or 16 yeah. um, and he just tailed away didn't he and yeah he hasn't been in football or pro football since leaving I think Watford was his last club so and now, you know, seemingly moved moved out of the game entirely. So, just shows how quickly it can. Um... Yeah. And we were only talking about Jonathan Leco, were we? The other. Um, yeah. Mk Dons, didn't he? Yeah, Jonathan Leco and people like that. I suppose they're the likes of 
uh, Rakeem Harper and <coughs> Kyle Edwards and Jonathan Leaker probably fall into a different bracket yeah. there because they they did make appearances at Albion yeah. in terms of Kyle Edwards and, and Harper quite a few appearances um, and are playing at a relatively decent level um, so far you've just yeah. googled Nathan Ferguson Nathan yeah, Ferguson again someone who's just had bad luck with terrible terrible injuries yeah, yeah, since yeah. he left Albion and and yeah it'll be interesting to see but Albion fans thank you for your questions um, sorry for the ones that we couldn't read out um, we're just going to finish finally because um, we've been talking for a long long time now as you will tell by how long this podcast is going on um, back to Bristol Coxie we're in the fourth round now given Albion haven't got any midweek games um, or prior or after can you see it being relatively strong at Bristol on Saturday yes and no a different team obviously to Chesterfield Tires obviously different opposition entirely yeah. um, I think there'll be some rotation but not fully I think it's just a healthy mix really um, rotate where he feels he needs to where he feels he can afford to because they're good options coming in rest where he needs to there's some specific examples isn't there like how DK probably needs a rest and can be rested because Thomas has is back from his suspension, which is nice. Nice little boost. Um, so little examples like that. Uh, yeah, I, I just look to look to mix it up, whether it's whether it's one for a Jay to you know continue his step up because he, he you know it's not been sort of smooth sailing so far, has it for him? Um, others to play like your Gardner Hickmans who you know might need to come in. Grant potentially a great opportunity for Grant. Um, you know, to, to come in and play, whether whether Dean Garner's given another run, you know, you'd expect to see Rogic in, wouldn't you? And Rogic probably needs to deliver after um, not so much against Chesterfield. So, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting side. And it, I think it was just going to get a bit of a split, a bit of a half-and-half half, um, sort of first-team scene, first-team regulars and then the, the more fringe players. But um, I said earlier, I want to see Albion go for it and get through. And it's, it, I think it's nice post-Burnley to be going into the cup of a little bit of a refresher a different competition to then attack the uh, attack the champ again and reset and go again as Alvin did when they lost last time at Cov and and sort of struck back didn't they and it's Blues after Bristol City isn't mm-hmm. it on the Friday night so yeah looking forward to that no Coventry it's Cov first then Blues Cov then Blues yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting those Friday nights mixed up oh no yeah there's too um, many too many Fridays at the moment Coxie prediction Saturday Saturday uh, 2-1 Albion Score. First goal scorer? Uh, Thomas Sandler. Thomas Sandler. There we go. You've heard it here first. Cox, he's back to Albion for an FA Cup run. Hopefully. What's your score prediction? Don't just... 2-1, Thomas Sandler. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'll stick with you. You know what you're talking about. Well, well, uh, well. There we go, Baggies fans. Uh, you've heard from Ron Gourlay after the action for Albion protest um, and general support calls, and it was great to hear from him. We've brought you some of those answers today. Um... And it's the more of the, the openness that, that Albion fans have craved. And, and like we said, um, we're, we're very um, confident that will that will continue, which is which is great to see. And hopefully it continues, just like Albion's FA Cup run. We will certainly see down Ashton Gate at the weekend. Those who are going to fill that packed away end on Saturday, have a good trip down to Bristol. Enjoy the journey. We'll see you there. And until next week, from me and Coxie, boing, boing. <laughs> <laughs>